When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we have hockey going on right now between the Preds and the Bruins, and this is episode 85 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton and host Kyle Perkins. He is joining us tonight. He's filling in for Rich Howe is at the game. Rich Howe is a closet Boston Bruins fan. I've called him out on it numerous times, and he's at the game. And when I heard the Bruins score that, when the Bruins scored that goal and I heard that loud roar in Bridgestone Arena, I'm really wondering if Rich Howe was not one of those people uh, screaming. I don't know. What do you think, Kyle? I have a feeling he might have been. I don't know, I think know, a lot man. of people... I think a lot of people were screaming because it was Jake DeBrusque and everybody kind of wants Preds to trade over. Yeah, how about perfect perfect irony there? Well, also, Eric Holla could have easily scored like right in the opening moments of the game. Uh, he he nearly missed. Uh, so there's been – I mean, the, the Bruins could probably have three goals right now easily. Uh, the Preds, they've had a couple close chances as well. But for the most part, the Bruins have, I feel like they've controlled the game. We're going to do live game reaction as we're recording episode 85 tonight. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We've also got to talk about the Stadium Series jersey reveal, which happened just before the game started. A lot of uh, opinions out there about this about the jersey, and most of them are not positive. A lot of the fans do not like these jerseys. I'm pretty sure Kyle does not like them either, judging by what I saw. So we are going to react to that. We're going to put our fashion expert caps on here, which I have no fashion uh, intelligence whatsoever in my body, but I'm going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. And then we've also got to do our stock report. We're going to continue that. We did it last episode in 84. We did the top players. In the lineup, we talked about, are these players rising? Are they falling? Will they get better as the season goes? That type of thing. Now we're going to look at the depth players. We're going to look at the core depth players and talk about whether we think those players are primed to start getting better as the season goes. Maybe they're struggling really badly. We'll talk about it. And then we will hit some NHL stuff as well as the season ends. Let's get into it with episode 85, and right off the bat, as we get started here, the Bruins just opened up their uh, their lead, and they're up two goals now, uh, Kyle. So, uh, Oh, yeah, I just saw it. Yeah. Uh, a giveaway, that a classic Preds giveaway. Uh, looks like uh, Dante Fabro got caught in the corner, couldn't figure out how to get the puck out, and um, wow. That was self-inflicted 
I don't know if you feel the same way there, Kyle, but that was a Yeah, I'm watching the replay of it now. Man. I mean, that I feel like when the Preds I, play the when the Preds play these really highly skilled teams, they just a lot of times they're their own worst enemy here and they just can't figure out a way to minimize the mistakes. If if you look, Craig Smith made that play happen. Uh the screen that he had in front of Soros that allowed that goal in. That was that was an excellent setup on that play. Uh I can't call that one a bounce. That was Yeah. Excellent play on their part. Yeah. So uh I feel like the theme is continuing tonight, which is when the Preds go up against these really top end quality NHL teams that you expect expect to be major players in the playoffs. I mean, for the most part, the Preds have really struggled against these teams. Yes, they beat the Flames earlier in the season. Yes, they beat uh, the Minnesota Wild way back a while ago. But I'm telling you, for the most part, they've really struggled against these top-end teams. We'll see if they can uh, make this a game. There's still a lot of time left. Second period just started. We will continue to react to this game as episode 85 uh, rolls on here. But let's go ahead and get into our first topic of, of the night, which is this stadium series jersey reveal. They revealed it right before the game started in the Bridgestone Arena Plaza. So they made it a little bit of a outdoor event thing for fans to go to, which I thought was cool. And everyone expected the heavy navy blue that everyone's been wanting for so long. They wanted it with the reverse retro jerseys and didn't get it. And uh, so we get it. We get the navy blue. We get a little bit of the gold. But uh, a lot of people are pretty let down right now. Kyle, how about you give me your initial thoughts on the stadium series jerseys? I saw it, and as soon as I saw it, it's like, well, they saved me some money. Oh. I. I think it's ab- absolutely awful. Those jerseys don't come cheap either. So uh. no, <laughs> they they and I understand. And it's not even the Smashville thing. Uh, it's the font. If they yes. had literally just used a different font, that would have because the color's perfect. I love the color. I kind of I like the Smashville thing. I mean, I understand why they put that on there as part of the thing for the fans makes perfect sense, but you're using comic sans as a font <laughs> and all the letters are different sizes. I didn't and know. The, I didn't know the name of the font. That's perfect. As, I, I know it's, what uh, they were. I know what they we were going Mike, for, but there was a swing and a miss. We got Mike Twitter joining the YouTube live chat. What's up, Mike Twitter. We appreciate you. Getting in, he says, getting the chat going here. Hello, all. He said, I was there for the Winter Classic jersey reveal. There was like 12 people there. And then he said, Terry Chris made them look kind of cool at least. Well, Terry Chris makes a lot of things look cool. And then it, it sounds like Mike Twitter agrees with you, uh, Kyle, on the font. Yeah, the font's weird. I saw another uh, Twitter uh, response to the jerseys. I can't remember who it was, but they said uh, it looks like someone cut out construction paper, like in kindergarten yeah. class. 
and they pasted them on the front of the jersey. So there's – I definitely understand that part of it. Yeah, it, it's just – there's no, there's nothing about it that screams the Preds uh, well, to me. I get I get some serious Buffalo Sabres vibes out of the jersey. Just saying. So, sort of. Ba- uh, with that big circle crest in the middle, that does – that's very Sabres esque, but the color, the just give us a good jersey on that color. Please. I just, I just think they way overdid it, and a lot of people said this. It felt like too many people were throwing too many ideas to the table at once, and they were like, "We're just going to go with all the ideas. We're just gonna, we're gonna throw. Everybody has an idea here, so we're gonna, we're gonna let you have part of the idea. We're gonna let you have part of it." We're going to make it a jersey. That's kind of what it feels like. It feels like there's too much going on. Sometimes simple is better. I got to admit, I don't hate the jersey as much as a lot of people do. I'll just say it right now. I think that it still will work. I think it could be a lot better. But I'm also not a fashion expert at all. I don't like, like you said, the, the Smashville just way overtakes the jersey. Like, it's way too large, and it just kind of – it almost looks gimmicky to me. Yes. They could have made it way more simple. They could have put Smashville somewhere else on the jersey and still made it worth something. I love the guitar pick with the the TriStar. I love that. That's my favorite part of the jersey. But it's like – it's kind of drowned out by the the Smashville. So Yeah. If anything – What they could have done, and I don't know if you could have made this look good or not either, but where the Stadium Series logo itself is like the neon. Could they have done something with the neon? I mean, That would have been interesting. That's a good point. Literally about any other kind of font than what they used and the size. Yeah. So they kind of came out and explained the thought of the jersey and how it all came about. Ooh, and before I get to that, we are reacting. There's a Boston Bruins player who's down. Tanner Janot took a pretty hard – laid out a pretty hard hit here. Uh, Kyle, are you seeing the same thing as me? Yeah, I just saw it. How do you oh. feel about that hit? Did that look like a uh, – I felt like that was a He legal didn't hit, hit him in the numbers. He He hit him in the shoulder. That's a legal hit. So that's a really hard hit. You hope that that's, that uh, I haven't seen who the player is for Boston. He is clearly hurt bad, and he's having to be helped off the ice. So you never want to see a player get hurt like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I see some Preds fans uh, clapping, not against the player, but showing class, which is what you want to see your fellow fans do in a situation like that. But Tanner Janot just took a just laid out a really big hit. Yeah, that was and a Jordan two-two so, shot that he. Yeah, that was, him. and I and I, I agree with you. I feel like there was a legal hit. Hockey's a rough sport, um, and uh, but I do hope that that player will figure out who that player is. But um, they broke the, the glass. Yeah, they're having to repair the glass right now. So, uh, wow. Well, we all know about Tanner Janot and the type of hits he can lay out, but uh. Let me lay out kind of what, how they explain the thought process behind the stadium series jersey. And first off, everyone putting all this blame against the Preds, you're, you need to redirect that toward Adidas. 
because Adidas is the is the design designers of the jersey. I have no clue behind the scenes how much the Preds had in making this jersey. I don't know if, if they had any say in it or partial say. I have no idea. But I do know that Adidas designed the jersey. So if you want to be angry about it, be angry at them. But I will say they talk about it as paying uh, respect to Nashville's music history when it comes to the music posters. And I get what they're saying there because you see those old music posters, concert posters, with the big, bold letters of a musical act playing at a certain venue. I get that tie-in. I get it a lot. And then I also saw the Preds' official social media account talking about it's a stadium series, so you get the big, bold letters on the on the stadium jumbotron. I kind of thought that was a little weird, though. I don't know why what that has to do with putting it on a jersey. Seems an awful lot like they're reaching. <laughs> yeah. Well, they got to defend it. I mean, they're not gonna they're not gonna knock it. So it looks like we're looking at the replay here. What knocked the glass out was actually a, a hit by uh, Trennan. Oh, really? In the corner. Yeah, yours yours is ahead of mine again. I'm sorry. So yeah, we went through this in the watch along against the Ducks, and now we're going through it again. But yeah, this well, is taking my- some time. My let's just say my streams are of a sketchier nature. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Gotta love yeah, blackouts in uh, the NHL. <laughs> this is taking a considerable amount of time to repair this glass here. So it didn't shatter the glass, but it, it dislodged it. So they're having to like reattach like both plates almost basically. So did you, uh, did you see the back of Swayman's mask? I did not see it, no. Uh, it says it's not rocket science on it. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. I, I do, too. I like a cheeky go. They've actually got a regular ladder, like a basic ladder that you would see at any construction site, on the ice to repair this uh, this glass uh, in the uh, corner here. Um, so it looks like they got it fixed, I believe. So... Um, Kind of a little bit of an unexpected, unexpected uh, stoppage in play here. They but, should uh, be well rested. Should we expect any other team to cause this issue the way the Preds play? I mean, hard hitting team. I mean, we shouldn't be. Uh, kudos to Yakov Trenin for uh, breaking the breaking the uh, the corner glass here. I'm not surprised by that one at all. Yeah, right. I that did. I did really like uh, earlier when. Uh, Trennan had the hit on somebody and they came back after him and Boro was basically like, no, get away. <laughs> yeah. I appreciated that. I, I liked Boro taking up for uh, Trennan like that, even though All right. that's probably one of the ones he didn't have to. So uh, Mike Twitter asked on our YouTube channel right now, what do you guys think of the Tampa Bay Lightning jersey? I It's fire. I love it. Yes. I'm right there with you, Kyle. I, I've been saying this all day about the Pred Stadium Series jersey after they revealed it. Sometimes simple is better. I feel like the Preds could have been way more simple, or not the Preds, I should say Adidas, could have been way more simple in their approach. They could have kept the same theme, the same color scheme. All that stuff is great. 
still kept the Smashville theme in there somewhere, but just kept it a little more simple. Whereas the Tampa Bay Lightning theme is really simple but effective, is what I get out of it. I hate I to say that. I agree. I hate it's to just, say that. It's just you've just got the big bold bolts on there, and you know what it is, and it's not confusing. Yeah. It's easy to yeah. read. Um, I think that's a big thing with jerseys if they're easy to read. Um, yeah, I agree. we've had a a bumper crop of bad jerseys here lately. I know. Uh, well, I will say, I feel like no one liked the the Winter Classic or the Reverse Retros when they first got released either. Now, I don't. I will not say they were. There wasn't nearly as big of a backlash as this one is getting. But I do remember plenty of people not liking those two jerseys either at first, and I feel like they grew on people. So we'll see. I don't. Th- I don't know if this jersey is going to recover. I think most people feel like they don't like it, but um, I know for I know the reverse retro really grew on me as time went on, and now I just love that jersey. But uh, we'll see. I mean, it's everyone has their own vision of what kind of jersey they want, and so when you get a certain jersey, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, we uh, also- myself, uh, the reverse retros. I really wish that was the the home. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. would, well, that would be well, perfectly that, fine by me. Well, what, what I love about the reverse retros is you got that metallic silver mm-hmm. running through the jersey. That's what sets it apart. So, uh, yeah, I totally agree there. We also put out a poll question on rating the Stadium Series jersey and also all – both of the other jerseys that were revealed over the last couple of years. And it pretty much goes right into what we would all expect here. So how would you rate the Pred Stadium Series jersey on a scale of 1 to 10? We've got uh, a rating of 8 to 10, only 7%. Uh, 5 to 7, 13%. 3 to 4, 21%. 59% of our poll of our voters think that the Pred Stadium Series jersey is a one or a two on a scale of one to ten. It's overwhelming. Now you look at the reverse retro jersey. We got 43% think it's eight to ten, 31% think it's five to seven, uh, only 5% think it's a one or a two. And then the Winter Classic, pretty similar, but a wet. Winter Classic jersey wins on our poll question here. 8 to 10 rating for 69% of our voters. So everyone seems to love the Winter Classic jersey. Uh, and no one really seems to like the Stadium Series jersey. You know what? None of that will matter if the Preds figure out a way to win and beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in front of, I'm hoping, seventy near 70,000 people at Nissan Stadium. Yeah, we'll forget about the jerseys if we can win. The only thing uh, that makes me nervous is it's we're talking about late February in Nashville, and I can go ahead and tell you right now, we are in the, what, the second day of December, and it reached 70 degrees in Nashville today. And it's, it's pretty not warm up uncom- here too, so. It's not uncommon late in February for you to have a day like this. So I'm yeah. just – Keeping my fingers crossed that doesn't happen. I might be wearing shorts to the game. Um, I mean, it's really unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen late in February in uh, Nashville weather. 
Uh, it could end up being a really perfect weather hockey game where it's in the 30s or 20s, but uh, we just really don't know. But uh, all right, so let's let's get you an update on this game. They're playing again. They got the ice or the uh, glass figured out. They fixed it, and we're back underway here. The Preds are actually out shooting the uh, the Bruins 20 to 17, but they're still down two nothing on the scoreboard. Luke um, Cunning has. Luke Cunning has had two absolutely great scoring chances in this yeah. game, and he has been absolutely robbed on both of them. Swayman yep. is playing excellent. Yep. See the same thing. Uh, so, what are the, in your opinion, Kyle? What do the Preds have to do right now to break through here? Because there's still plenty of time left. You know, there's no reason to panic. I don't think they're getting ran out of the building necessarily, but uh, obviously, you're down two. You get, you got to figure it out here. What do you think they got to do differently? Honestly, they just need to keep playing their game. As long as they don't start pressing, uh, they normally are able to come back and mm-hmm. get something going. But whenever they start pressing, uh, and I don't, I know you're ahead of me, that little play by Tomasino to take the puck that was nice. Yep, he is really impressing me. I know. He I mean, I think they're doing some good. Go. You know, I think they're doing some really good things tonight. Like, I feel like they're now all they need to do is just finish it and get rewarded with a goal here, and then it's a whole different outlook on the game. So, I agree with you, Kyle. They got to just keep plugging away here. If you've been watching the entire game, uh, I will give a slight advantage to the Bruins. I think they have controlled a lot of the action, and that's why they're winning the game two to nothing. But it hasn't been a complete domination. The, the Preds have had yeah. plenty of chances on their own end. So you just got to wait for them to get that first elusive goal and then not let this get too far away here. You don't, if it gets to a three goal deficit, then you're starting to think, okay, there's a very little chance to pull this one out. But if you can keep it at a two goal deficit, there's still a chance. So, all right. So this is episode 85 of Catfish and Ice with Chad Minton and Kyle Perkins. Kyle Perkins is joining us full-time on this Thursday. We really appreciate him. He normally joins us on Monday for Perks Picks. And uh, we got our we got our normal co-host, Rich Howe, at the Bruins game tonight. Preds and Bruins. Bruins are his second favorite team. We all know why he's there. He's a Pre- He says he's a Preds fan, number one. But uh, one of these days, I'm going to hook him up to a lie detector test to see if that's true or not. But uh, either way... We hope Rich is having a good time at the game. I was at the Columbus Blue Jackets game on Tuesday and uh, scooped up a ticket like last minute, like spontaneously, because the tickets were really cheap, first of all. And I was like, I'm already downtown. I, I can like basically walk to the insurance in 10 minutes for my job. So I'm like, I'm going to go to a game. And uh, it looks like I picked a pretty good game to go to, Kyle. Because yeah. – uh, <laughs> I mean, that game was pure domination from start to finish. The type of game you very rarely see in hockey, that much domination. And uh, against a team that's not a pushover by any means, but the Preds made him look like a pushover. And more importantly, Philip Forsberg and Mikael Granlin connection made him look like a putover. Granlin, he, he is absolutely just – unbelievable some of the passes that he was pulling off like like phil said uh 
to the media, he believed they could have scored those goals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's I kind of got to agree with him. Yeah. We've got a uh, we've got Lindsay joining the chat here. She says hello, Chad and Kyle. Please tell me I didn't miss the Jersey talk, uh, Lindsay. I believe you did, but it's okay because you can always go back and listen. And we appreciate Jersey's your support. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's your cutting edge analysis from uh from Kyle. The Jersey's bad, <laughs> but uh, Lindsay, we appreciate your support. We always appreciate you joining us. Uh. All right, so let's get into the next segment here of Catfish and Ice, episode 85, presented by DraftKings. We will get into DraftKings a little bit later in the episode. Uh, until then, we are going to get into our – we're going to continue our Preds quarterly stock report. The season is a little past the quarter mark now, and uh, so we are rating all of the Preds players based on their – if they were a stock. Is their stock rising? Uh, does it have the ability to go up as the season goes on? Is it fading? Is it going down? Don't come near it. That's kind of how we're framing this. We did all the top core players in Monday's episode 84. So now we're going to cover more of the depth players tonight and uh, kind of look at those players. And so the first player we're going to look at here, uh, also the younger players of the lineup as well, we're including that into it. First player we're going to start off with tonight is Philip Tomasino. And the first thing I wrote down, if I'm looking at him as a stock, is his stock is holding set, holding steady, but I could see it take off as the season progresses. Uh, and the reason why I say that is Tomasino has been snake snake bitten a bit this season. He could easily have a few more goals under his uh, resume this season. I love his energy. I love him being in the right place at the right time to score some of these goals. And so he's definitely making a positive impact on the team. He's just got to he's, he's got to come into his own a little bit here. He's a very, very young player. And so I feel really good about him. I feel like his stock is going to keep rising as the season goes. How do you feel about it on that one, Kyle? I think Phil is comparable to like the Dogecoin whenever it first started out. You know, it's down there. It's not doing a whole lot, and it's just waiting for that break, and it's just going to go through the roof. I think that's what's going to happen with Tomasino. Uh, Yeah, Tomasino is the perfect example of you buy super low and just invest in it for, like, the long haul. Don't look at it. Don't pay attention to it. If it goes down a little bit, don't get lost in it. Don't worry. Hold on to it. And then it's going to really take off for you eventually. That's that's yep. Tomasino. He's he's given us no reason to think that he's not everything that we want him to be. He's just you know it, it's a long process. Uh, for much of the season, he wasn't getting a lot of ice time, and so I think he's doing everything he can do when he's on the ice right now. I agree uh, to show uh, to show yeah he. Uh... He has so many that he makes one too many stick moves. Yeah. Uh, I talked he about that on Monday. Um, but once he gets that comfort level, and he's only he's 20 games into his NHL career, there, there's time. <laughs> there's plenty of time. Uh, he's, got, he's got a hot minute before he can go to any of your establishments 
in <laughs> on Broadway, so he can stand outside and look. But yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Right. Uh, so it, there's it's coming, and whenever he finally hits on it, I think it's going to be something special to watch. Yep, for sure. And then uh, I found it very interesting. He's leading the team in offensive offensive uh, zone start percentage. Uh, so he's he's very much involved in the offensive part of this team. Uh, he he's even ahead of Phil Forsberg and Matt Duchesne slightly in that department. So I, I thought I found that to be a very impressive uh, stat that I was kind of surprised about. Uh, so yeah, I th- I think we both are in agreement there that Tomasino's stock is maybe low now, but it's one of those stocks that you're going to buy now and invest in it for the long term future. And there's no reason to think that it's not going to keep growing. So, uh, yeah. He had a near miss tonight, actually, against the Bruins. Yeah, he's a, like a deflection type of goal. Yeah, he's he's al- already had almost one again. Uh, Borvietsky, uh nailed a one-timer. And uh, I, I hate complaining about refereeing, but they're not calling trips very uh, actively in this game. Because Phil's been... Phil and Ellie have both been tripped a couple of times and Phil got tripped on that, uh, tip in that. Well, almost went in from Moro. I will. I wanted to see the replay on another instance in this game where Tomasino was trying to break loose between two, uh, Boston defenders. And it looked like he got tripped. I never saw a slow motion replay on it to see if he fell on his own and it was a good non-call. I never saw it. So, uh, I'm not sure about that, but it looks like he got tripped. But either way, uh, we're still waiting on the Preds to get their first power play of the night. So, yeah, it's it seems a little. Which Boston's only had the one two, so. Yeah, maybe they're uh, letting them play tonight. I don't know. As long as they call it even for both teams, I'm okay with it. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get to the next player here. We got Tanner Janot coming in. Uh. Let's see. Let's talk about his stock. And I will say this. I think his stock right now is stagnant. It's not dropping. It's not really growing. It's kind of just chilling right now. And so take that for what it is. He's only got two points in his last eight games. His goal drought is now at nine games. He last scored against the Stars on November 10th. So he's he's going through a little bit of a – I know he makes – his impact in many different ways on the ice. So this isn't to say that he's just playing terrible hockey right now, but when it comes to getting involved in the scoring, like he was there for a little bit, he's kind of faded a little bit. So I I look at his stock is very much just stagnant. It's not really doing much of anything. Well, I've, I've played with investing just a little bit and you look at something as like you invest in gold or something yeah. along those lines, it's not going to move up and down a whole lot. It's going to stay pretty level. So that's more what I see Janot's stock. Yeah, he had that little bit of a bump. He scored a couple of goals there a few games in a row, and uh, that was all well and good. But he's going to average out to what he is, and which is a good hockey player, but I don't really expect him to be a 30-goal scorer. Oh, no. he, on a on an excellent year, he he might get your Craig Smith numbers. He might be your twenty goal oh, guy. I would take Craig Smith and, numbers all day, tw- and twice on Sunday. 
Um, yeah, that's that would be a best case scenario. So I'm not all that concerned with his lack of scoring. A lot of his upside is from everything else he does. Yeah. Um, what about his assist? I haven't looked at his stats recently. It's been pretty busy at work here lately. So I haven't. Well, he's he's got so he's got two assists in his last eight games. That's his two points. Um, he hasn't scored a goal in his last nine games. But um, as you say, Kyle, it's not just about goals and assists, especially a player like Tanner Janot. Um, that's almost like bonus right now when you when Tanner Janot yeah. scoring goals. Uh, so yeah, for for sure he's still making his impact, even though he's not really scoring a lot of points lately. So uh, there's definitely no reason to be worried about Janot. Uh, if you watch the Preds every game, you know that he's still out there making things happen. So. Uh, I just think his stock right now is kind of leveled out right now. Uh, yeah, it's hit that plateau. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, he's playing well. I'm not all that concerned. He'll have goals go again sometime. So we got uh, we got Rich, our co-host, jumping in on the chat. He's at the game. Uh, he says, what's up, boys? And then he says, um, what does he say here? He says it's uh, loud. It's loud. Just need a score. Yeah, it looks loud on the TV. I gotta say, like it looks like a really, really good crowd for a weeknight game. So a credit to the Bruins. They're gonna, of course, the Bruins are gonna bring in a big crowd. And when the Bruins scored that first goal, it sounded almost like a home game. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna say it right now, like that that they've got a really strong following at that game tonight. Yes, they do. That was that really surprised me. Whenever that it was loud, on. it was a loud roar, for sure. Uh, I just really hope that Rich was not one of them, because we're gonna have to have a we're, talk. We're gonna have to check the color of that yellow. He, he might have right? a little bit more Bruins yeah. yellow than Preds gold. Yeah, we might have to have a sit down before episode eighty six on Monday if he uh, <laughs> cheered at all. But anyway, all right. So uh, let's see. We got it. Yeah. So we got a pretty active chat tonight. We appreciate all of y'all for joining in on our YouTube channel. We appreciate that so much. And uh, let's get into our sponsor, which is DraftKings, who is uh, sponsoring not just our podcast, but the entire hockey podcast network, which is what we are a part of. And football fans, I'm sure we all love an action packed, high scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. Yeah, that's all that has to happen is a single point has to be scored. And you just have to bet $1, and you'll win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If the DraftKings Sportsbook app is not available in your state yet, then you can still have a lot of fun doing the daily fantasy in NFL, NHL, all the different sports out there, you can still have fun doing that. So oh, go download sorry. the download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet one dollar on any team to score and win a hundred dollars in free bets if they score. You score with promo code THPN this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
must be 21 years or older in Indi in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, Kyle, you had a really big gasp there during the DraftKings read. What happened? I missed it. Two of them. Uh, first, uh, UC pulled an Askarov and just yeeted his stick over into the corner. Oh, my uh, <laughs> and as the play's going the other way, you see him skating over to get it, and it was kind of comical. Oh. And then Ellie Tolvanen just had a quarter inch of having another one. How many near misses is Ellie Tolvanen going to have to deal with? I, I mean, don't. Like, I don't know what he's because he, he has like him. a. This poor guy has a one percent shooting percentage. That defies all logic. I mean, I don't even think like Matt Benning or one of those guys, I think their shooting percentage is higher than that. Well, Mark Borowiecki's shooting percentage is 0.0. .0 but other than that, I don't know a worse one. I just, I, I don't understand it. But uh, Hans talked about it the other day um, that when they were interviewing him. And I didn't realize this, but uh, the last game, Tolvanen led the team in ice time on, for forwards. He had 17 and some minutes. Well, so I mean, yeah, I mean, he's and, and I, I really applaud Hines for sticking up for his player. Really appreciate that. It really goes to show you he really is a player's coach. And mm -hmm. you can give all the criticism to Hines and his system, and he'll never be able to take this team where it needs to go. I, that's all fair. But I really appreciate how Hines – truly sticks up for his players even in times where maybe that player is not producing at a level that they should be but he sees it he sees the big picture here and I really thought that was awesome that he's uh, put out that really good long statement on Tolvanen uh, and stood up for his player I mean uh, players appreciate that those are the types of coaches that players want to play for he didn't sugarcoat it. He wasn't giving him a free pass. He was just telling it like it is. And if you really dive into Tolvin's numbers, he's still doing a lot of really great things on the ice. He's fifth on the team in, in hits. That really surprised me. For somebody who was billed as a kind of a soft offensive player. Uh, I mean, look at – so he's got 35 hits coming into tonight's game against the Bruins. You've got Tanner Janot, no surprise there, leading the team with 64 hits. You've got Luke Cunning with 54 hits. Yakov Trenin with 45. Mark Borowiecki with 37. And then you've got Ellie Tolvanen right there with 35 hits. Ellie Tolvanen is right behind Mark Borowiecki for hits. I mean. That's insane. That is crazy. All your that other is... players, all your other players at the top of that list, that's not a surprise. Janot. Cunning, Trennan, yeah, they, that, that that's how they play. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's a really that's a really encouraging stat there. So um, I think he'll figure it out. His luck's got to turn around eventually. His shot's too good, uh, and I know that's he, he has one of the best natural releases in all of hockey. It's 
I just don't understand how it isn't going I just, in. I, the only thing that I'm really worried about is that he gets – he starts pressing too much and then he starts um, overthinking it maybe because they're all human here. And mm-hmm. even though, you know, they can say they can say that they're they're fine and they don't pay attention to the score sheet, they don't – all they care about is the team winning and that's – I get all that. But they're still human. And you know it's probably weighing on him. Like, how can I not score a freaking goal right now? Like, how is this possible? So I just hope that he can keep his focus, play his game. His luck will turn around eventually, uh, and good things will happen for him when it comes to scoring. Because he's a scorer, and so you know that's weighing in heavily on him. Yeah, he he's scored almost at will at pretty much every level he's played at. So it's just, it's infuriating to watch him struggle. And I couldn't imagine what it's like to be him right now. Uh, feel all the pressure he's got because they gave him basically a prove it contract yep. uh, after his ELC deal. So, you know, they're going to argue off of numbers, not effort. So I think he'll be fine. Not, all right, I think he will move- be too. Let's move on to our next player here on this quarterly stock report. We're looking at the younger players and the depth players of the team. Go back and listen to episode 84. We uh, covered players like Philip, uh, Philip Forsberg. We covered Roman Yossi in the last episode. We covered, uh, gosh, now I'm like having a brain cramp here, and I can't remember all the players we covered. We covered Mikhail Granland. We covered UC Soros. Now we're covering the young players and the depth players. Uh, we've got a still 2 nothing score here in the Preds Bruins game with about four minutes left in the second period. Uh, we're just waiting on the Preds to get that first goal. I mean, you feel like it's got to be coming here soon. And, They've had and so many just, good chances. And you just got to hope that they don't surrender another one because I don't know how the Preds are going to uh, score three goals in this scenario. So they're kind of in uh, desperation mode a little bit here, unfortunately, even though they're only down to nothing. But uh uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on it as we uh, continue to give you episode 85 here with uh, Chad Mitten and Kyle Perkins. All right, so my next player here, Kyle, and this one's kind of a tough one. I really just because he he really doesn't get all the glory that sometimes I feel like he deserves, and that is Colton Sissons. You mean the glue of the herd line? Yes, uh, I love that, that line. That line does not work without Colton Sissons, 100%. All right. So, uh, Kyle, how about you give me, if you're thinking about Colton Sissons as a stock throughout this season, after the first quarter mark of the season, where do you think his stock is going, Colton Sissons, right now? Mm. That's what I'm saying. It's tough, man. Like, he's he's such a hard player to to – he's so consistent. He's so reliable – you know what you're going to get out of him. You never have to worry about him not doing his role on the team. Uh, but when you look I at mean, it, if it's just, I, I won't. He's he's probably staying about the same, honestly, because he is just he's a Honda Civic. He's he's just reliable, <laughs> and he just goes, and you turn it on, and it does what you want it to. Yeah. <laughs> So the word I wrote down, Kyle, and it's kind of perfect for what you just said, trustworthy. Yes, exactly. That's like you're not going to. 
Okay, so all that's all of a sudden we're turning into an automotive show here. But basically, Colt Sissons is the equivalent to that vehicle. Get the oil changed, do all the necessary normal things that, that you need to do to a car, prime, you know, the uh, standard maintenance, and that car will run for you for hundreds of thousands of miles. Just keep the oil changed, and Colt Sissons will keep bringing you what you need him to do. Uh, we were talking about Janot just a minute ago. He just stopped David Pasternak in his tracks and completely saved a goal because it was well, going in. <laughs> and, and not only saved a goal, but probably saved the game because I don't know how the Preds are going to come back from three down. They're already down two goals, and it's looking like it's going to be really hard for them to do that. But Swayman's Swayman, playing excellent. Bruins are playing really good defense. They're blocking a lot of shots. So they are. The goals are going to be at a premium. So they, they need to get something going the quicker the better. It's one of those games where there's plenty of action, there's plenty of puck movement. It's not like a choppy game by any means, but it's still, when you look at the scoreboard, you're like, okay, like no one's really scoring here, but there's plenty of chances to be had for both teams. Oh no. Ah, oh, that's 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 not good. Well, I'll see it here in about three You'll seconds. You'll see it here in a minute, and you're probably not gonna be very happy. It's a usual suspect this season. Can't wait for your reaction. I like knowing before you know. It kind of makes me feel like I oh, have power. God, Matthias. <laughs> Tolvanen was screaming at Matthias earlier. This is kind of a – this is actually a really fun position to be in. I, I get to know what you're about to see. Makes me feel like I have some power. Ugh. All right. Matt, so Echo, Matt Echo, Hardesty needs to hush right now because I hear him right now. Yeah. Well, he's <laughs> been right, though. He's been beating that drum for like a year now. So, he deserves he is, a lot of credit for it. And I love Ekholm so much. but he, Matt Hardesty, who is in our fantasy hockey league, I think he's in first place. Um, by a mile. <laughs> he he has been calling out Ekholm for I feel like a year now. Before it was cool. Before anyone else was doing it. So a lot of credit goes to him for uh, kind of being the first. So, uh, yeah, that's a tough penalty. He had to take the trip there. I mean, he knew he was in desperation. He takes the tripping call. So now the Preds got to kill another penalty. Uh, we've reached the second intermission. Preds are just down two nothing, but two, a two goal lead right now feels like a five nothing lead. Honestly, yeah. With the way Boston's playing, it's it just feels like one of those games where it's just like nothing's going to bounce their way. But they've also had some fortunate bounces go their way. To be fair, to keep the Bruins from having more than two goals. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We got a whole other period to play. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. All right. So we just did Colton Sissons. We think he's the Mr. Steady, Mr. Reliable stock. Uh, you know what you're going to get. Steady growth. You're not going to get rich on it, but you know it's not going to tank on you. Yep. And Kyle said a Honda Civic, which is perfect. <laughs> all right. Um, that might be an idea for a future uh, segment for all of our automotive lovers. P compare Preds players to vehicles. Um. Ben Harper is a Yugo. Oh, my gosh. 
Well, that's all right, because in the Thanksgiving edition of Catfish and Ice, I compared Ben Harper to corn, flavorless corn. So uh, we'll just we'll just keep it rolling on that one. I really hope Ben Harper doesn't listen to this podcast. All well, right, he's uh, closer to you than he is to me. He probably can't yeah. find old Podunk, Kentucky up here. <laughs> all right. Uh, my next player, he's not a younger player, but he's still a death player. And that is Nick Cousins. So if you remember back when Cousins was hurt and he missed those few games and everybody's like, okay, that's that's awesome. Cousins is out and so-and-so is going to get to play. Yeah. We lost a lot whenever Cousins was not playing. I think he's one of those pieces of your portfolio that if you have him, you're probably not going to notice him. But you're start going to start taking some losses if it's not in there. Um, okay. And to go into their play, uh, who is it that calls him the hockey dermatologist? Is it a uh, uh, Terry? Is it Terry Crispy that calls him that? I don't um, know about that one. That sounds like something Crispy would say, though. I'm pretty sure it's Crispy. Uh, he calls him a hockey dermatologist because he gets under people's skin. And I'll yes, like there's, there's, there's people on the team that do that, but there's nobody right now that can quite do it to that level. There's Janot and Trennan that, yeah, they're physical and they can rough you up. Cousins is going to make you hate your life. Uh, he, he's just that miserable SOB that's going to go out there yeah. and say bad things about your mom and your dog. You? And <laughs> Kyle, did you see in uh, the Colorado game? I'm going back a little bit here, but it just makes me think about it right now. Did you see where he, when he went to the penalty box? And I can't remember the other player, Nazi But this guy, he was so angry. He was like standing up in the box, yelling at Cousins. And Cousins is just chilling, just laughing his ass off. Like, yep. Like the most shitty, shitty grin, like just looking the other way. And this guy's just like yelling at him, like getting more, more angry that Cousins is laughing. <clears throat> now I thought it illustrated his game perfectly. That's, that's exactly it. That's, that's why you have a guy like Nick Cousins on your team is he is there to just literally make their life a living hell. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's gonna make them regret that they put laced up the skates that day. It's it's fun to watch, really. So cousins, uh, I kind of agree. I agree with you totally on this one here. I wrote down as far as Nick Cousins as a stock through the rest of this season. I wrote him down as ordinary, like not yeah. so much his play. His play on the ice is not ordinary, but as a stock, it's very ordinary. It's very like okay, like. It's not going to tank on you, almost like Colton Sissons, but also like it's going to get you what you need. Um, I feel like he is just he is what he what he is on this team. I don't think he's going to take off by any means and become like a, a out of nowhere like point producer or anything like that. He serves his role perfectly for what he's asked to do from a John Hines style team. There are certain teams in this league where Nick Cousins would not be a fit. He would oh, not no. make sense. But for for better or worse, and I know a lot of people 
cannot stand John Hines for this reason. But for better or worse, Nick Cousins fits perfectly on the Preds. He does. He's, but saying that there's somebody coming that's got that same skill set. I know you're talking about Zachary LaRue, right? So I I think, I think Cousins will be. Go ahead. Look up Cousins. What's his current? It's escaping me right now. What's his current contract? I can pull it up. I think, uh, (laughs) is it through? See, I thought he was out of contract this last year. No, okay, so he's in his last year. Yeah. Um, thank you, cat. Thank you, cat friendly for cat friendly is uh, awesome. Yeah, it's the it's the best tool for you know normal people like me and Kyle who don't do this for a living necessarily, but we need to know sometimes. Um, yeah, so he's he's a one and a half million dollar cap hit right now, so a super cheap player. Yep. So I don't want to hear any of this nonsense about. Nick Cousins is a waste of money. He's only making a 1.5 million. Yeah, that's for what you gain from having him on the team. I think that's that's well worth that money. But I do think Kyle, you make a really good point that there's. I don't know that he makes it past this season in a Preds uniform. Um, I don't. I couldn't see them resigning him. Because clearly this team has got a great prospect pool that's rising, and who knows what Cousins is going to demand. We'll see. That's not a big blockbuster thing to think about right now. But, uh, uh, but yeah, he gives you what you need for right now. For the time being, for this season, he gives you what you need. He yeah. doesn't play a lot of ice time. He only averages 13 minutes of ice time. So, I mean, yeah. he, he does what he needs to do. Uh, he is seventh on, on the, the team, and he's seventh on the team in Corsi. So it's not like he's like just a complete waste of space out there or anything like no, that. No, definitely not a liability. Um, that and you've got him mentoring the two young guys. Yes, and I think that's that's a good thing too. Uh, that and you know he's going to take some of the heat from whoever that line's playing against. They're probably not going to be worried about taking out Tomasino and Novak for the simple fact that Cousins is out there annoying the crap out of them, and they're just going to worry about him and leave those other two guys alone. Yep. All right, we got one more depth player to cover on our stock report, and it is the backup goaltender to UC Soros. That is our big save, Dave, David Riddick. Um, Hmm. He has had some tough luck in his starts with the Preds. I feel like he's been thrown to the Wolves. (laughs) Uh, of course, he had the miss with COVID. So he, his first start in a Preds uniform was delayed. So uh, got off to a rocky start just from that alone. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he's been horrendous by any means. I think he's pretty much been what he what he is here, which is a backup goaltender. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... Uh... If we're framing not, this as a stock, if we're framing this as a stock market, I'm sorry, but I would not buy it. I would because I'd be worried that it's going to go down even lower. Uh, I feel like it's a pretty cheap stock right now, but uh, I just, I, I just feel like he's going to serve his role for this season as a backup. Don't expect a lot out of him, um, and also, UC Soros is just going to be called upon 
to start most games unless it's a back-to-back. Uh, I agree. Uh, and I agree with what David Poyle said the other day on the radio. Uh, he, You really need your backup goalie to go 500. If he can win half of his starts, he's doing what he needs to do. Um, but they haven't played in front of him. When he started, they haven't played in front of him. He came in for uh, – he came in uh, for relief for use in that one game and uh, he just, uh, he allowed nothing after UC got pulled and I don't, I don't know. He, Dave is one of those stocks that is unpredictable. You don't know. Unpredictable is a good term. uh, That's a, that's one of those volatile day trader stocks. you buy it whenever he's down after a loss and then hopefully his next one he's going to come back in and pitch shutout because you don't know what's going to be in front of him for one thing goalie is so hard because so much is affected by what happens in front of you you, that that's one of those positions where you really have to go further into the analytics and see what type of goals are actually being scored yeah, on on that goaltender. If they're giving up ten high danger chances a game, yeah, yeah. that's probably not all on a goalie. And he also hasn't uh, he hasn't gotten a lot of playing time yet this year, despite no, being this he, far in. He's only how many starts does he have? I'm looking that up right now. I, I want to say he's only got like two starts, maybe three. That's I could be wrong. I want to say two, two at the most, or two. Two at the fewest. Maybe he has three. Um, uh, it's escaped me right now. But I think he missed so much time with COVID. I think he started two and came in in relief once. Sounds about right here. I'm pulling it up. Yep, you're absolutely right. He's He started two games against St. Louis and Colorado. Uh, St. Louis, he got the win. Mm-hmm. Made 36 saves. Gave yeah, up had an excellent goals. game. Yeah, he gave up three goals, but he still made 36 saves. And then in the uh, Colorado game, he made 35 saves, but gave up six goals. That game was just – that whole – the entire Preds team needs to take the loss for that one. That was just – yeah, that was just the product of the other team taking you out to the woodshed. Mm-hmm. And the game you're referencing where he came in relief was against Montreal, uh, which was also a disaster of a game. And he made all nine saves in his relief effort, which was yep. in 29 minutes of action. So uh, he was in the game for a while. So uh, we just really don't know. We don't know about David Riddick yet. And what's crazy is he came in as the backup goaltender mm-hmm. to UC Soros. And the fact that he has only started two games, a big part of that is because of the COVID protocols that he had to go on. But I mean, you just got to wonder, like, how are the Preds feeling right now about him? And you've got to have the confidence in Riddick to sometimes start a game, even if it's not a backup, a back-to-back, I mean. That's kind of where how I feel, like. But we do they, have – we have three back-to-back situations this month. We have a back-to-back coming up at the end of next week, the Islanders and the Devils, so we'll probably see him in one of those games. And then we have a back-to-back with Colorado and Chicago. Please, Good please, God. please <laughs> let David Riddick, 
please let David Reddick start against Chicago and give him a decent start. They've then, been playing well here recently, too. So whew. That's true. And then our last back-to-back on the month is Washington and Columbus. So, uh, uh Don't well, put that man like out there against Ovi. <laughs> I'm gonna feel. Like, I'm gonna feel like it's a David Riddick sabotage if they put David Riddick against Colorado again, and then they put him up against Washington. I'm just gonna say it's a sabotage. <laughs> the Beastie Boys would be proud. Well, that's um, a good song. That is a really good song. I agree. All right, but I, but do you kind of see what I'm saying, Kyle? Like maybe like. Do we not got to start maybe thinking about starting David Riddick, even if it's not a back-to-back situation? I absolutely think so, because you're going to run UC into the ground. That You can't start him 70 games. That's You, you just can't do it. That, that He's not going to hold up. I know he's young and uh, everything else. But. So we got, we got Lindsay in here on the chat here talking about David Riddick who is her favorite goaltender. She's a diehard Calgary Flames fan. She's a big David Riddick fan. And uh, she says he really struggles with consistency and he's got two starts. So Lindsay came in and helped us out there with uh, how many starts he has. Um, but yeah, we'll ask Lindsay here if she wants to get, if she's, if she's uh, still listening right now, do you think that David Riddick should be starting more games, even if it's not a back-to-back? Me and Kyle both say that, yes, he should be. I think that he's a quality enough backup goaltender to where you should be able to trust him enough to start as a spot starter, even if it's not a backup back-to-back situation. So like just looking at the upcoming schedule here in, in uh, December, I mean, you've got, even if it's not a back-to-back, I mean, next week you've got three games in four days. Uh, The following week, you've got four games in seven days. So it can't just be a back-to-back situation. You're going to have to find places to start David Riddick and give UC Soros some rest. So I think we're going to see a lot of David Riddick this month, more so than what we've seen so far. I think I I could see David Riddick getting like at least four starts this month. I think you got to. I watch a lot of – KHL type stuff too and uh, you see what's happening with Askarov and how he struggled this year and he struggles because he doesn't get starts he doesn't get and you I've heard so many goalies talking uh, on different podcasts and interviews and everything else if you don't get the consistent playing time because practice for goalies is borderline pointless I've, I've heard that said so many times because nothing is ever like a real game so if he's not getting any game time that's you're not helping him at all uh, yep. and you're just running Soros into the ground and let's face it if you run him into the ground get him injured this team is up the creek yep that's the tough life of a backup goaltender especially a backup goaltender like David Riddick who I know really probably believes that he should be a, a starter somewhere. Yep. And so David Riddick wants to prove it, prove once this, he's on a one year deal. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's very unlikely that he sticks around with the Preds. We'll see, but I don't see it happening. It's going to be Connor Ingram next year. 
So mm-hmm. this is an audition year for him in a Preds uniform. And I hope that for many reasons that the Preds give him some chances to, uh, to do that. And so we'll see what happens here. But uh, I think that he, he definitely should start getting a few more starts, even if it's not a back-to-back situation. All right, so that rounds out our quarterly stock report for the Preds. We didn't cover every player on the team. But if you want us to cover one, let us know. We'll fit a player in real quick uh, that we haven't covered. Just let us know. Tweet the show at Catfish Ice. Or if you're watching live right now, let us know in the chat. We'll we'll fit the player in real quick. We still got the full third period to go between the Preds and the Bruins. We will have full reaction of that game probably next week. I don't think we we're going to be here for the very end of this game. But – we will still discuss this game as it goes on until we finish episode 85 here as the third period's about to get started. Uh, let's get into our final segment here, uh, Kyle, and that is this, this really unsettling talk here, and it's about the Olympics and the NHL participating in it being very much in jeopardy. Uh, I think it's looking pretty sketchy. Yeah, uh, it's and I'm really sad about it because this will be the first Olympics where I've liked hockey. And I really, really wanted the NHL guys to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, it's looking bad. Well, the well, Islanders really, games. And, and, and what really stinks about it is, you know, the NHL and the Olympics have kind of been a tough, sore spot even before COVID started happening. And yeah. so now you were finally starting to think, oh, wow, the NHL is going to make a return to the Olympics. Like, this is going to be so amazing. And, I mean, health and safety comes first, so we're not saying we disagree with taking precautions. Of course, precautionary measures is important, but it's going to be a really big letdown, and it's going to really stink if we don't get to see players like Alex Ovechkin and, Ro- and Roman Yossi or UC Soros, if we're talking about Preds players, not mm-hmm. get to the Olympics. Uh, it's going to be really tough. Uh, getting to see Team Canada go up against Team USA in the Olympics when you've got NHL players involved is so fun. And Kyle, I don't know if you even remember, if you were even watching, but do you kind of remember when Team USA and Team Canada played in the gold medal match? And Sydney Crosby, uh, the golden goal, yeah. Sydney Crosby completely buried the uh, Team USA, uh, but it's like stuff like that. And if you don't have NHL players involved, it's just not the same. I will still watch the Olympics and watch uh, NHL oh, yeah. players or watch hockey in the Olympics because I love just like you will because we both love hockey. But it it really is um, not the same if you don't have those NHL players um, involved. So uh, it's still very much a fluid, still very much a fluid situation here. Maybe we can take a better, uh, maybe it can turn out for the better, but it's not looking good at all. No. Uh, and you got to think that's going to sway the favor um, heavily to Russia. Uh, where you have so many Russians oh, yeah. playing in the KHL. Uh, for sure. Extremely talented players. Second best league in the world. Yeah, I think you're going to be really, really hurt if you're from anywhere else. Uh, I know 
Canada really is the hockey point. country, but so I got a question for you, Kyle, because I really don't know the answer to this. Maybe you do. For if you're looking at a country like Canada, well, does and even USA for that matter, does that mean they just fill their team out with amateurs, like from like the OHL, the QMJHL? Is that kind of how it would work? See, I don't know. Um, like I just don't because I mean, it, when you're dealing with the thing like COVID. I mean, everyone's dealing with the same pandemic. So how do you even – if you're saying the NHL is not going to participate, well, well, how can you say that the USA or Canada is going to be able to use players from other leagues? Like when the – I just don't know how it's going to work out. I, I guess I'm a little bit – I haven't really done a lot of research on how that will work out if the NHL doesn't participate and which players they'll use. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's – I mean, I can't see sending junior teams uh, to go play. But then again, in Canada, what's your other – Lindsay, if you're in there, can you tell us, is, is there other leagues in Canada that would have people available? I don't even know. Uh, I know question. if you we'll watch – if you watch Miracle, it was hockey players from uh, college. Yeah, um, maybe that's what it comes down to. So. It comes. It might really come down to like amateurs who just have to fill out the roster and they're they're willing to take the chance, deal with the uh, the uh, the risk of you know whatever COVID might be at that point. Um, obviously, traveling to China carries its risk. I know. I saw. Um, I want to say it was, man, that was wild. That was like almost a week ago when I saw this. Pretty sure it was Emily Kaplan who shared a really good article. Emily Kaplan's the best. I love her. Of ESPN. Mm-hmm. she I'm pretty sure it was her that shared a really good article talking about how um, some unnamed NHL players, anonymous, were saying – yeah, we're really nervous about going over to China because if you get COVID positive in China, you're you're mandatory quarantine for two weeks. Yep. You can't leave the country. So imagine being a player and thinking, I don't want that to I don't want to have to quarantine in another country. Like it, it's it's just there's a lot of variables involved here. Pretty sure that was yeah. Emily Kaplan. That was a while ago when she shared that, but um but either way, it's a very complicated issue. Um, of course, safety always comes first in the, in, 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 in the health and safety of the players and everyone else involved. So if the, if, if, if the professionals decide that it's not safe to go to, to do this because of uh, the ongoing COVID pandemic, then, um, I mean, you got to understand that. I just saw the Forsberg almost goal. <laughs> yeah, well, there's been a lot of almost goals for the Preds tonight. Ah. All right, so we got a like little over 15 minutes left in this game. Preds are still down two to nothing. Uh, I see a little bit of frustration out of the Preds right now. Um, Eckholm's kind of taking offense to something. Uh, a lot of jawing back and forth. Um I mean, you talk about the Preds. They just got done doing whatever the hell they wanted to do on the ice. 
on Tuesday against the Blue Jackets to the tune of six goals. Easily could have could have scored seven or eight goals in that game. <clears throat> and now they just can't figure out a way to score. Frederick is wanting to go somebody as bad as he possibly can. I don't know if you've seen that. He's done tried to start it with Ekholm and Forsberg. But, no, they couldn't buy a goal right now if they had Bill Gates' money. Uh, <laughs> it's just there's nothing. Or going. Elon Musk, for that matter. Uh, Elon All would right, just so if we're thinking that way, better stick. <laughs> if, if we're thinking that way, yeah. Uh, we just need to get Elon Musk somewhere in there and invent a goal. Somehow invent one. Time warp it. Create a time capsule. Create a time capsule where a Preds player just appears in front of the net and scores. Elon I'm sure Musk he'd probably be on fire, too. <laughs> All right. So uh, we are going to wrap up episode 85 here of Catfish and Ice. We will stay tuned and keep reacting to this game on our Twitter account at Catfish Ice as we see if the Preds can figure out a way to break through and score a goal here. Uh, they're down two to nothing right now. It's been a really fun episode. Kyle, thank you so much for filling in for Rich as co-host. Glad to do awesome. it anytime. We love having you on. You are just awesome in so many ways. You're hilarious. You got great hockey knowledge as well. And uh, we will have we'll see you again Monday for episode eighty six as we will be doing another edition of Perks Picks. It's always yes, really fun. All right, everyone. We hope you have a great weekend. We appreciate you joining Catfish and Ice episode eighty five. Uh, we will see you next week on Monday for episode eighty six. Until then, everyone stay safe. Take care of each other. Be kind to one another. We will see you for episode eighty six. Don't hang it out.
sounds 